From 2009 to 2020, the Vancouver Sun reports that the region lost 250 square kilometers of forests, fields, and wetlands and other ecosystems, mainly from logging, agriculture, and development. It was a report prepared for uh, the Metro Vancouver Board. By the way, that's the equivalent of six Stanley Parks worth of natural habitat in the past decade alone. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this report is Dr. Jenny Moore, Director of Sustainability at the British Columbia Institute of Technology. Dr. Moore, thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, When you hear of reports like this and the findings of this report, what goes through your mind? Unfortunately, it's nothing new. We've been losing ground against securing our ecological resources for decades and decades and decades now. Uh, One would assume there would be rules, regulations, laws at a municipal and provincial level. Why is this happening? That's a great question. We do have rules and we do have laws. We have an agricultural land reserve dedicated to preserving agricultural land as a resource for food security. We have riparian zone setbacks trying to protect our, the streams and creeks, the bank sides for the health of those streams. All of these things are essential to healthy functioning of ecosystems, which are essential to the life support systems we need to support our economy, to support our health. Unfortunately, our economy doesn't actually price the true cost of taking those natural resources and converting them into more economic activity, more residential development, etc., All of these needs are competing against each other, but the ones that have the highest dollar value in our economy usually win. And so we see constant erosion of those ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Why are these ecosystems important? And what what I mean by that is, uh, you know, in in cities where there's so much density and so much growth still expected in this city, we're expecting another million people to move to Vancouver by 2050. Uh, While I don't want to be a pessimist, one would argue this is part of what happens when we invite so many people here uh, that when we push for greater density, greater growth, that it's almost impossible to stop what's happening? Well, you you make a really good point. Cities are places where we live in dense numbers. Unfortunately, we're not actually optimizing that density opportunity. Where we locate cities, and Vancouver's no exception, is usually in resource-rich areas. So here on the Fraser River, it's one of the biggest, most important ecosystem estuaries. It's one of the major rivers of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to make sure that we're simultaneously preserving those ecosystems. Now, I don't want to underestimate your point, right? The whole thing around cities is density. If we were doing density even better, we could probably protect those natural resources Unfortunately, though, they keep getting eroded because there's a constant economic push to convert that natural land into development. But it's not always the highest density. It's often lower density suburban development that's taking away from those forest systems, for example, at the periphery of our cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, So do you think we should seek to buy more of that land and, and turn it into parkland or very much or at the very least say the city has purchased this land or the provincial government has there will be absolutely no development uh, on this particular bit of property because it it is very important to the ecology, to the city, absolutely no development. Is that what we're going to have to do, just buy more land as as taxpayers? It might be where we have to go for some of this, and that's a really hard concept for many people to get their head around. We've constantly prioritized human needs, but unfortunately now we're economically growing ourselves into ecological and social despair. 
over the long run, these impacts are simply building up and building up. And climate change is really just the tip of the iceberg. We're facing water shortages. We are going to have increasing challenges with feeding ourselves over the long run. So, yes, at some point, we may start to have to secure those ecological resources simply by owning the title. And there's groups like the Nature Conservancy and others that have been trying for a long time to get these lands out of market speculation so that they can continue to function as ecosystems that support us. Why do you think the will's not there? I mean, we, we'd we like to believe, or I'd like to believe, there's uh, environmental consciousness that, is, that has been growing for the last 30 years. We are an activist province when it comes to uh, you know, preserving parks, uh, preserving particular areas uh, that shouldn't be forested. This has been predominantly the debate we've been having the last 30 years. We debate, uh, you know, natural gas development, oil development. Uh, we have a broader conversation about climate change. Why is the will not there? One would think this would be, I hate to say it, a no-brainer, to, quite frankly. You would, and it should be a no-brainer because our survival depends on it. I think one of the very big challenges is these are complex issues and it's hard for people to wade through the complexity. But here's a big challenge. We are all proponents of economic growth and economic growth provides jobs, financial security, etc. But when that economic system undervalues the true costs of the ecological systems and some of the social impacts that um, people are bearing, Mm -hmm. we don't internalize those costs and we just chase economic growth, we create inequitable benefit takers and a lot of cost bearers. And some people are going to benefit a lot from taking that land and developing it. Other people, well, arguably, everybody benefits to some level, but we don't really account for the real cost. So I agree with you. We're thinking about it more, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the dollar still wins. And if that dollar doesn't fully account for those costs, at the long term, we're all going to lose. So, the, so, so it's it, complex. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to, under, I'm trying to uh, synthesize what you're saying here. So the, the system itself, the, the, the political system at the, at the policy level, uh, our economic system uh, is not yet geared to protect these valuable ecosystems, even though we should be doing so just because of the sheer size of this city and it's the right thing to do. That's 100% right. Like, the right thing to do isn't always the cost-effective thing to do. And if that's the case, then you know there's a problem in the way that we started to price the value through money, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be more expensive to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But right now it is, and that's a real challenge. And it's hard year over year over year to protect these lands in the face of their increasing potential value to be converted into other non-ecosystem resources. And I'd just like to point out, you know, what's happening here in the region is just a microcosm of what's going on globally. Outside of our regional boundaries, we're also taking those resources at a massive scale and destabilizing our global ecosystem as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we don't figure it out locally, we don't have a hope of figuring this out globally either. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Andrew Weaver on the show yesterday, we were talking about lessons learned over the summer when it comes to climate change, and still a lot uh, that still has to be answered for in regards to how we respond to not never mind just local wildfires locally, but how we consume and all of those things. It's so interconnected, and we don't actually consider it. When, when, When a report like this comes out that is so of actually blunt in regards to what we've lost and what we need to do. It is, it's, it's an eye-opener, that's for sure. Um, Dr. Moore, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.